Hi there, I'm Colin Green. You're listening to Spike Pit, but this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind. I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then this is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. Hey, Colin, Spencer here. Um, I just wanted to add a caveat to what I was saying about anxiety in that message you played in the most recent episode. Um, I wanted to point out that I wasn't aware that I suffered with anxiety. Uh, it was only, It's only something I've later learned to identify as anxiety once I've sort of got to grips with it later in life, if that makes any sense. Um, also, I was very interested by your comments about um, the, your episode formats and how you feel that you wanted to move back to uh, maybe less produced episodes that you were doing before, if, if I understand what you were saying correctly. And uh, I just wanted to add something else to that. Okay, Spencer, mate, we're just going to stop you there. Hold that thought. Whilst we are on anxiety, I've got a call in from Lear and I want to get to. It's an, it's a file she sent attached to an email. It talks about anxiety first and then moves on to the, the main um, discussion point for this episode. And that's this uh, response I got regarding talk of podcasting and the business of back catalogues. But don't worry, Spence will be back later. Hey, Colin, it's Liren. So I'm listening to your episode and I'm thinking a lot of things and I know it's going to take more than a minute. So I thought I would just record a file and email it to you (laughs) instead of giving you, you know, a bunch of Jacksons. I'll try not to blather on too long. So to begin with, you talked about anxiety and I am surrounded by people who suffer from anxiety and it is so painful to watch sometimes how they have to struggle to do things that other people really don't understand how hard it can be. Like other people are just like, what is the big deal? Just do it. And you know, (laughs) the funny thing is that saying anything along those lines certainly does not help people who have anxiety to push through it. So I don't think actual anxiety, as opposed to like situational anxiety, is something you can really push through. I can tell you that for my son, uh, who just turned 18, I say that, geez, I have to stop saying that because, you know, he's been 18 for what, eight months now. Anyways, my 18 year old son, uh, I tell him all the time that one of the things he needs to do is recognize when he has thought it through all that he can and he needs to just take action. One of the hardest things for him is to get out of his head and move his body. So like that's functionally what needs to happen. But even saying that, I absolutely don't think that's some simple thing that he can just snap his fingers or I can snap my fingers or anything like that and it happen. So anyway, okay, 
So that's my two cents about anxiety as someone who does not suffer it, but I certainly commiserate with people who do. Uh, And you also talked about deleting episodes. So I know I responded pretty quickly in the audio dungeon because I was like, no. And I really had to laugh because if you remember, the first response was Cody saying, what are you talking about? Are you a book burner? (laughs) I thought that was awesome. You know, it's funny because that really is kind of how it feels. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to tell you a short story. My first experience with podcasting that wasn't like news organizations putting up their stories as podcasts was with a podcast called The Gently Mad. And it was done by a guy named Adam Clark. And it was a wonderful podcast. I don't even know if he's still doing it now. But I listened for oh my gosh, quite a while, probably, oh, probably a year. And he talked about how he was putting together a course in podcasting. And, you know, I had wanted to do a podcast for, I mean, four or five years. I know I've talked about this on my podcast, uh, because I wanted to do one about raising a child who's on the autism spectrum. And so I was really interested in his course, and I actually bought it. So he did the sale thing where the first person got it for a dollar and the second person got it for $2. And so I actually bought into it using that. And I was really looking forward to it. And right about the time that came out, I got the email. I didn't have time to look at it for about three weeks. I opened it. I looked at the first file and realized that he hadn't put out an episode in a while. And, you know, really, he just disappeared. Um, I emailed him because I was like, is everything okay? Because he had talked about the fact that his wife was pregnant. And, and you know, so I, it was the it's definitely the first time that I ever listened to a podcast where I got really invested in the host as a person. You know, it it was a podcast much like these anchor podcasts are that I love so much that are about people sharing something that matters to them. And it wasn't nearly as personal as these are. But but I will say that he, you know, he mentioned that his wife was pregnant. He talked about his kids. He, he talked about his life some as well. And that was my first experience with podcasting as uh, um, something socially interactive instead of just something I did to learn new information, which is what I had been doing up until then. So I can tell you that I had a real visceral reaction to him disappearing and not answering anyone's uh, inquiries about if he was okay, if his wife was okay, not by email, not by on Facebook. I, it was really, I was really sad. And, and it's funny because I didn't, I had no idea if you would have said that would have happened. I would have said no way. I mean, he has a life. He can do what he wants. And I still absolutely think he has a life and he can do what he wants. But I realized that with that kind of podcast, I got really invested in like him and his creative process. And, and, and maybe it's because I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm not sure what the reasoning is. It could just be that I think that he's a pretty creative and interesting person. And I really liked his thought process around who he interviewed and why. But I, I, I just, that is where my feedback came from when I said that I really hope that you don't take down old episodes because, you know, old episodes are things that people interact with and then they have feelings around them and they, I, I don't know, I mean, 
at the point that you push publish on something like a podcast that isn't just a news piece, I feel like you are handing over some of the energy around that to the people who listen to it. And, and it was really interesting to me afterwards, when Adam resurfaced, I realized that I did not have a lot of interest in participating in his community anymore because I felt like, wow, why would I support someone who treats people like that? And that was when I really sat down and took a look inside myself and realized what was going on, that I'd become so invested. So that was a very interesting process for me. I wouldn't have thought that could happen. But I do think that people grow to care, you know, they grow to care about you as a person. And oh my gosh, the anchor podcasts are such a good example of that. People grow to care about the fact that, you know, your son had things happen in school and your older son is playing drums, you know, at the school show and, and that Dave's dog Eddie nips at his heels and that Spencer has an adorable little girl and that Froth you know, his Willie the Wizard episodes with his daughter are so incredible. And he talks about her with such love and affection. And I mean, I could go on and on about who does podcasts that really make me go, wow, you know, like, I feel like I know that person beyond just some voice telling me a story, you know, I remind myself of that, because when I make my podcast, sometimes I get in funks like I've been in lately, and it's really hard for me to put out an episode. And I think about it and I go, yeah, but that's not fair. I mean, it's not fair that I had a meeting with a lawyer on Friday, and I didn't put out an episode until today. And yet I know I did the best I could. And I just hope people will be understanding about that. So anyways, I all of that rambling to say, I think it's a much bigger issue than just, I need to delete some past things because I don't like the sound of them, you know? (laughs) All right. I am loving your episode. I love your show and I hope to hear a lot more of them. Thanks for your call in, Liren. Picking up on the uh, anxiety there, all I can say is... uh, Whenever I talk about such things, I'm obviously no um, psychotherapist or psychologist or whatever you want to call it. This is just old Spike Pit telling you how it is from his side of the fence. This is just my personal experience. And uh, yeah, pushing through, I felt um, when I talked about the pushing through it was in no way a, a trivial matter the the example i gave there was a pretty much a 15 year process uh, i'm no means part uh, i'm in no way past the anxiety i get anxieties to this day um when i go visiting the in-laws but by comparison to what it was all those years ago it is vastly improved and i believe some of that is to do with the fact that um i i I kind of pushed against it i didn't want to be hampered i i didn't want to be a slave to it i still suffer but I, i think I would suffer worse if I'd resigned myself to it and, and, and just sort of made excuses for myself and ducked it. I could have easily not gone and, and 
I don't know, made excuses for why I couldn't go there. But I do think that facing up to it in my case, I, w- I was able to, and it seems to have helped. The same with the online gaming thing. I was anxious about doing it. Uh, uh, I would feel like a nausea, the sweaty palms. You get like a, a tension and I find when, I, when I'm suffering with anxiety, I tend to get uh, kind of short-tempered and snappy, irritable. And, and I felt like once I'd, once I'd seen this pattern and identified it, I was able to work on it a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I can't speak for what would have happened if I'd left it and, ju- and just dodged it because that's not what I did. So what can I say uh, if, I've, if I've got something wrong or I'm um, not on the money there? Uh, I can only, I can only apologise. The other thing, um, the back catalogue. I want to move on to that. Thank you for your kind words there, Liren. Um I believe you talked about this yourself on your podcast quite a while back. Uh, this idea of people vanishing and yeah, it's 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 not good at all. And and just sort of, um, I don't know. I think it was maybe Spencer was talking about a guy who put stuff up on YouTube and then every now and then he just kind of tears it all down. Um, I don't really know what that's all about, but that, that that's that's not what my intention here is. And it's not about... Um, it's not just about going back and not liking how I sound. It's uh, quite a bit more kind of complicated than that. I want to encourage listeners. I don't want people to sort of listen to episode one, think, that's a load of old rubbish, I'm not going to listen anymore. Or I don't want people to be put off by some of the silly little short episodes I've got in there that I think are just way too fiddly. So I have got some ideas. Um, It's looking like the content's going to stay up but maybe I I just work it a little bit differently. So, undecided, but, you know, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Thanks for calling in, as always. Um, it's good to hear from you. Hey, Colin. I think going through the back catalogue is a great idea. I don't have nearly the legacy of episodes that you have. But I did take a little short journey through the first couple of episodes of mine. And wow, what a revelation. You know, uh, they really serve as a diary of our thoughts. And it's worth going back and listening to them and comparing ourselves then to ourselves today. And I think it's a worthwhile endeavor to even go back and maybe bring some of those old ideas forward again. So we heard there from Frank T of Frank T's liner notes, as ever, wise words indeed. And an interesting opinion. It's close to some, some stuff that people have said, but as always, everybody's got a little bit of something different to say, which is why I value these call-ins so much. The uh, the idea of 
going back, seeing how you've improved. It's something I quite like to do with old sketchbooks. And I was talking to my son about this recently, looking at uh, old minis and figures that he, that even he's painted now. I was getting out uh, figures that I've got from when I was 10 years old, some of the first miniature painting I ever did. And I've kept them. And it's interesting for him, it's interesting for me. And in a way, we're, we're talking about something that doesn't span anything like that amount of time. But 220 episodes nearly is quite a lot. It's quite a task to actually go back and listen. But the uh, the exercise does seem worthwhile to me, especially as it seems some of these episodes have still got life in them. I said people are listening to them. Folks don't want me to take them down. So there must be some merit there. And, and perhaps, like Frank is saying, I could uh, revisit some of those episodes. And exactly, that is exactly what I'm doing. Spurred on by people calling in, uh, going through the back catalogue and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting project. I've, I've got some ideas and um, want to thank Frank for his calling. Continuing on then with this subject of back catalogues, I've got a call in now from a fellow Purple Worm, John Larger, the Red Dice Diaries. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, Colin, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. It's uh, quarter past six or some godforsaken time in the morning, and I'm waiting for the bus to work. Just been listening to your latest drive-by on the way down to work. Although, I see as usual, I'm a little bit late to the party. I'm glad the other anchorites persuaded you not to delete your back catalogue, or at least to hold off for that. And if I can say, I think you should take the idea of deleting your back catalogue, screw it up tightly into a little ball, and throw it firmly into the bin with books with massive margins, and all the other stuff we've been jokingly talking about throwing in the bin recently. And the reason I say that is because even if the podcast is very different now or you end up repeating yourself, listening to the back catalogue and being able to go back and pick things up like that is one of the great things about having a podcast stored online. And also it charts your development as a podcaster. So I think it's really interesting if, for, for many reasons, but also from like a developmental point of view and it means that maybe people who are starting out to listen to sort of like the, the the slicker modern sort of episodes can sort of look back and say oh yeah well that's not how everyone starts so they won't get discouraged now I've also got to apologize quickly because when I saved the the last segment I saved it as a part two because it's early in the morning and I am tired af I apologize as that so I'm going to save this as part three but don't go looking around for some phantom part one because it ain't there. But I really enjoyed the episode. And like I say, I'm so, so glad that you've decided to keep your back catalogue for the moment since I really enjoy dipping into it every now and again to catch up on some vintage spike pit. Take care, dude. See you soon. Now, this is interesting, what John had to say. Uh, I usually find what John uh, says is interesting, but on this occasion... Uh, you know, admittedly, it was echoing a little bit what Frank said and to a certain extent Liren and some of the other folks. But 
what had never, never in my wildest dreams occurred to me was this idea that somebody might listen back to some of my earlier episodes and gain some kind of inspiration or I forget quite how John put it there, but, you know, take heart in knowing that, you know, I started out with a pretty simple format and no real bells and whistles or anything like that. There's all sorts of mistakes, loads of filler words, funny acoustics, various things. And um, I've got to to say cheers for that, John. That was uh, a real eye-opener. And probably for that, that comment or calling alone really makes me, uh, you know, makes me think twice. But there you have it. Um, hold on. I'm forgetting someone. I hope he's not still holding his breath. When I first started my podcast, I was very much concerned with what I was bringing to the table or rather not bringing to the table. So I kind of focused on creating something that was going to be entertaining, even if it wasn't informative. So uh, I was very much thinking in terms of skits, sound effects, um, putting beds beneath what I was saying and stuff, just playing around with the format. Obviously, as I've got a bit of experience under my belt, become a bit more relaxed, talking off the cuff and just feeling that I can be informative. Um, That sort of aspect of the production has fallen away and I feel much more uh, there's a looser feel to my podcast I think I'm certainly not hung up on trying to be funny although you know that happens I I hope anyway but there you go so thankfully he didn't expire that's Spencer aka free for all and as you know his podcast is keep off the borderlands and if you if you're a listener you would have noticed too that uh Definitely, Spencer's relaxed a little bit on the mics, I would say, without any doubt. And what's he talking about? Of course, of course he's funny. We know he's funny. Uh, I find Spencer hilarious. It's uh, <laughs> it's a very uh, kind of, um, what would you call that style of humour? I don't know. Just funny. <laughs> I... Uh, this always happens. If I try and overthink something, the uh, the wheels just fall off. And on on the on the subject of overthinking stuff, yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with going back to the slightly uh, more straightforward podcast. Sometimes I have to do things just to prove to myself I could do them, and then I realise, wow, it's all a bit of a fuss, all a little bit too much work, and and what's the point if it's hampering me putting stuff out there. Uh, and at the end of the day, I've kind of had the feedback that people are more interested in the content than they are in the polish. A, a lot of people listening to Anchor just enjoy the honesty and the kind of no-frills approach. So, ah, nuts to it. I'll just give the people what they want. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Um I'm crashing this episode a little bit, uh, crashing it out a little bit, because I know Josh B. Beckelheimer 
he's run out of podcasts to listen to. He's put a request on the Discord for some people to publish some episodes. So look, don't say, don't say I haven't tried to help you out, Josh. This uh, um, this episode forced through ahead of schedule just to keep you happy, mate. How about that? I can't say fairer than that. And of course, none of that would be po- possible without the call-ins. Uh, mentioned Spencer already. Liren of Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. We had John Large of Red Dice Diaries. Of course, we had Frank Turfler, Frank T's Liner Notes. Am I forgetting anybody? No, I think that's it. Thank you for listening to this Spike Pit Drive-By episode. If you've enjoyed the show, consider spreading the word via social media. Take care. Catch you later.